Welcome to the Assemblée Dance Studio podcast, your go-to source for bite-sized lessons in growing and running your dance studio. I'm your host, Claire O'Shea, and I'm a dance studio owner and business coach, helping you grow your dance studio simply and successfully so you can reach more students, grow your business, and become the go-to dance studio in your area. Want to grab a free copy of my Dance Studio Growth Marketing eBook? Sign up for a free copy today of the ebook 97 Simple Strategies to Grow Your Dance Studio by going to assembledancestudiocoaching.com forward slash marketing ebook. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of my episodes released weekly. Hey guys, it's Claire O'Shea here and welcome back to another episode of the Assemble Dance Studio Coaching Podcast. In today's episode, I had the privilege of speaking to the wonderful Chelsea Spressa from Dance Studio Assist. DS Assist is the brainchild of Chelsea Spressa, a former studio owner and dance teacher with more than 20 years industry experience as well as considerable media, project management and administration skills. Chelsea is the daughter of a dance studio owner and spent her formative years absorbing everything to do with running a studio, from dealing with clients and staff to marketing. After studying at a specialist performing arts high school, Chelsea went to university where she earned a BA majoring in journalism and public relations. She landed and coveted a cadetship with Australia's largest media organization straight from uni and a successful 15-year career in newspapers, magazines and online media followed. After 15 years in the media, Chelsea decided to head back to the studio where she became a qualified teacher with two worldwide organizations. Teaching quickly became a passion and Chelsea expertly juggled two careers, free freelance journalism for Australia's biggest magazine and newspaper titles and teaching and managing her mother's dance studio for many years. After moving interstate, Chelsea opened her own studio and quickly grew the student base by more than 40%, creating a community-focused environment where her students thrived. The COVID pandemic brought on a change in direction and Chelsea is now using her considerable experience to help other dance studio owners through DS Assist. In today's conversation, Chelsea and I talk all the ways a virtual assistant or outsourcing or bringing on team members can allow studio owners opportunity to grow their businesses and spend more time doing what they love. Our conversation is really energetic and spirited and I know that you're going to get a heap out of it. If you're really loving this conversation with Chelsea, Chelsea also was a presenter at the Sundance convention and if you're listening to this conversation, you know, in close real time, we are still selling tickets for the recorded version of our Sundance convention. So be sure to head to our website, which is assembledancestudiocoaching.com for more information. And if that is still available, it'll be up the top of the website. I hope you enjoy today's conversation. So let's jump straight in. Hi, Chelsea. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thanks for having me, Claire. I'm so excited to be here. Well, for those that don't know, we were lucky enough to have you present at the Sundance Convention on Friday. We were recording this on Monday and this podcast episode is actually planned for it to go out tomorrow on Tuesday. So everyone's kind of listening almost in real time. So for those that attended the Sundance Convention or potentially are going to attend via the recordings, they would know a little bit about you. But for our listeners who are just joining us uh, live this week, can you share a little bit about you and your journey and how you ended up where you are today? Perfect. I certainly can. So my name is Chelsea and I run a business called Dance Studio Assist. It's a brand new business that I've started. Uh, it's like it's a virtual assistant business, actually, for specifically for dance studio owners. So for people that needed a little bit of extra support with 
day-to-day tasks running their business. Uh, but I came from a studio owner's background myself, which is which is why I'm specifically targeting other studio owners. I'm a second-generation studio owner. So my mum had a studio um, since before I was born and I've never really known life without a studio in it. <laughs> so I feel like I kind of know from inside out how studios work and now I'm hopefully helping from the other side, so helping other studio owners get systems in place and just start to reclaim some of their time, I guess, um, because we all know being a studio owner is a (laughs) 24-7 job. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But I guess like you said with like your experience and what you're going into now, it doesn't have to be always like that. And I guess that's sort of what we're talking a little bit about today. So, you know, for those people listening, I'm sure, you know, potentially they've heard of the concept of a VA or a virtual assistant, or potentially they might even have um, admin team working with them now, or maybe they are a one person show and they're considering bringing someone on, but they're just not sure if they can make that commitment Mm-hmm. What are your, like, what is, in your opinion, what's the benefits of like a virtual assistant compared to say hiring a person casually to come into the studio? Oh, there's so many, but the, the first one is probably the cost. Uh, the cost of putting on an employee is not just the wage. It's everything that goes along with it. It's training the employee. It's um, having the space to accommodate them. So you might need to put a desk in or rearrange the the front of your studio, Um, it's software, it's equipment, it's all of those costs. And when you're putting on an employee, it's an ongoing commitment, like whether they're part-time, full-time or even casual, that's a cost that your business has to kind of, you have to take into account looking a long way forward. But one of the benefits of hiring a VA is um, specifically you can kind of dip in and out. So, yes, you can hire me or other VAs for like monthly services, so looking after your social media or that's an ongoing commitment, obviously. Uh, but you can also hire us for, you know, one-off jobs. And it's just if you need some a quick hand with something, it's not a massive commitment. And it really does take some pressure off all the hats that a studio owner has to wear. Absolutely. And I think even like you said, like you, you can have those ongoing month-to-month um like setups with a VA, but different in that, you know, if you came across hard times or, you know, there was an issue, it's much easier to kind of cease those, you know, expenses than it is to let go a a casual employee or a part-time or a full-time employee. Um, Like there's legally a lot of rules involved with that versus having a contractor like a VA in place. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's exactly right. VAs work as subcontractors. Mm. So um, yeah, hiring and, and firing, I guess you could say, is, is a lot simpler um, when you're dealing with a subcontractor than it is when you're dealing with an employee. Yeah, and I'm not even going to get into all of the ways as well at the moment. Like I think there's a lot of issues in our industry with people hiring people as subcontractors when they're not actually but that oh, is yeah. a, that's a separate <laughs> issue. We're not going to worry about that today. But um, that's but other I, expenses, like taxes, mm. super, like that. you're not just thinking about, oh, I've got to pay them, you know, whatever it is a week. Mm. Really think about everything else on top of that. So oh, absolutely. <laughs> no, no, totally. But I mean, I think that there is a lot of, I, and I think a lot of it is like the fact that people don't realise that 
um, most dance teachers are not subcontractors. They mm-hmm. are employees. Yes. Um, well, they sorry, they should be employees, but again, I'm not going to get into that today. Um, but so I guess on, from your point of view as a virtual assistant and, you know, as a studio owner yourself, I know, you know, we hear from a lot from studio owners, you know, how busy they are, that they're really overwhelmed, that they know that they want to be doing and putting things in place to kind of ease that sense of overwhelm, but it either, like the urge to hire someone either comes when they are so desperate that they have a million things to do, um, that it, it, it doesn't ever seem to be the right time. So I guess my question to you is, is there a right time to hire a VA or a subcontractor or, or an employee for that matter? Or like, what are some signs that you see in most you owners when it is sort of the right time to be looking for some extra help? Well, I think the biggest one is when the studio owner is spending the majority of their time on the day-to-day rather than the big picture. So if, if you're thinking maybe you need help, I would suggest maybe taking a week and writing down exactly everything that you do during that week and how long it takes you. And then go back and have a look at that list. And if it's things like, you know, doing the Facebook posts or answering so-and-so's emails or like just all that, I mean, I don't want to call it mundane, but it kind of is um, that day-to-day business of running the business rather than thinking about the big picture. So if the majority of your time is spent kind of in the nitty-gritty, then that's probably a good sign that you need someone to help you out with that kind of stuff so you can start thinking more long-term or, you know, more strategic thinking about how you're going to grow your business. Yeah, because I think, um, well, I'm going to say, 100% of the studio owners that I have spoken to, and that's with my private clients and my group coaching and just like friends of mine. When I say like, what's a goal of yours? Like pretty much top three things they say is, oh, I'd like to grow the studio. You know, I'd like, you know, Mm -hmm. profit or income or, you know, more students, whatever it is. Growth is a main thing that people would like. However, when we think about how much time we actually spend on that growth, it's it's not, there's no correlation that I can see at the moment. So I'd like you said, if you're spending more time on the day-to-day, which is just, it becomes normal. Like there is so much admin in our businesses. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's just so much that even if it's going to free you up for like one morning a week to focus on contacting that local primary school to hand out flyers or to, you know, liaise with another local community group that might be able to refer you or to like hit the pavement and hand out flyers, whatever it is for your goal for that week to grow your business, you actually have the time to do it because I know why it's a priority for everyone to send the invoices and to follow up on that and to reply to the parent that is their current uh, you know, current customer, you, ca- you can't forget yeah. about these things. So I think what you said is so true. If we're, if we're only doing the day-to-day and that's all we can manage, then it's time potentially to look for someone even for a few hours a week to start off with and then go from there. Exactly. And another good sign, which I'm guilty of, and I'm sure a lot of other studios are guilty of too, is if you're giving up your time to do studio work. And I know like that line is so blurred when you're a studio owner, what's your time and what's studio time? Because it's you, the studio is an extension of you. But, you know, when you're typing emails, when you're meant to be spending time with your family of an evening, that, you know, that's 
that's not sustainable for anybody and you end up then resenting your business. And so it's kind of ends up in this weird catch 22 where you've got to spend time on the business, but you hate it. Mm. And no one wants to be there. No, that's so true. And I think like, you know, there's obviously seasons and times where you're going to have busy periods and yeah, you have to put in the hard, you know, hard work and, you know, you might be doing work late at night when you're not used to doing it. And, you know, every now and then is totally fine. But if it's every day you're saying no to spending time with family and friends because, you know, you're just trying to get on top of things and on top of your to-do list, then mm-hmm. it's sort of like, you know, what's the point? Like the point of this business is to help sustain your life and not to just be chained to it constantly. And like, I love my business. I get so much joy out of spending time doing it and I like to do it. But if I have to do it 24 hours a day, that's when it starts to get pretty old pretty quick. And I think I had a friend who recently sold her studio and I was talking to her about why. And she said, um, because teaching was her passion. And the while she still enjoyed teaching, the thought of going into the studio every afternoon was like it was like a dread for her because she was like oh you know I have to stop what I'm doing like and I'm like well what were you doing she says well I was doing the admin of the business and so she was resenting the fact that actually had to go and teach which that's not why anyone does this it's so true but I I I I totally understand that feeling of like you know getting on a roll getting sort of things ticked off your to-do list and then having to be like oh and it's not that you don't want to teach it's just that it's just something else that now you have to put off on your to-do list which is such a drain so I guess as well like sort of in relation to what you're doing is is there something that you know as a VA that you do the most is there is there tasks that you find that studio owners want to hand off more than others? Uh, well, the big one actually from the start of the year has been social media, funnily oh. enough. I think it's the first, and I know some people love doing it, but I think for a lot of studio owners, um, especially studio owners who might not be as comfortable with social media as um, as others, it just kind of gets put in the too hard basket and then like they know they've got to do it but they just do it when they remember and there's no real kind of story or you know there's no consistency and I think you know having that taken off their plate is a big relief to them yeah definitely I can really see that because it's sort of one of those tasks that you never complete because you always have there's always more social media that you can do and like the whole like concept of like completing your social media it's like well it's endless like and that's the whole thing with Instagram at the moment that you know it's you don't make it to the bottom like you just you Mm -hmm. scroll forever so you and that's why you keep coming back because it doesn't feel like you've completed it so like there's no completion like eventually you will send all your invoices and that job will get done but social media in particular is one of those things kind of like emails that yeah you might get down to inbox zero or whatever that day but unfortunately when you open back up the next morning they're there again and it just seems kind of like a vicious cycle so I I can really see why those tasks would be I guess the most popular ones to outsource as soon as possible yeah I think with social media it's just always changing so studio owners think you know they're keeping up with so much other stuff and now here's another thing that they have to 
spend time on. And if they're not, you know, like digital natives, mm. that's, that's a massive thing for someone to sit down and think, now how do Instagram reels work? And yeah. how, why do I have to do this? And how many do I have to do? Exactly. And you know what, even as someone like I really like social media, again, I think I would be considered, I'm not as like a digital native as like the kids coming through now, but like, I, you know, I joined Facebook, I think the year after I left high school. So it's like, I don't, I mostly remember being like before that it was my space. And I don't actually remember when I signed up Instagram, but basically it's been around for a big chunk of my life. Um, and it's adapted. Like I had it straight up when I started my business in 2013, but I was sort of an early adopter. And I think that I saw a lot of traction early on because there wasn't a lot of noise, but now it's not even like getting ahead. You have to have social media just to keep up. So you're already kind of running this race. And like, again, with the to-do list and everything, it's so hard to get time to spend time on growing your business. So mm-hmm. by able to offhand even a couple of tasks per week, I can totally, totally understand why some someone or like like you or a VA, it's just, it's imperative. It should be one of the first hires that you do um, potentially other than a relief teacher or a, another teacher. Yeah, I, I think too, um, and just like going back to the social media for a minute, I don't want to just make it all about social media because no. there are people who have, social media is their business. Mm. But I've got, I'm speaking to someone at the moment who's not interested in me creating the content, just organizing the content and scheduling it for her because mm. she's like, I love creating the content. I love doing that. But, you know, the nitty gritty of actually sitting down and putting it all into a social media scheduling software and, and, you know, that the admin that goes along with the creative side of it. So it's just, there's just so much. <laughs> and I think that's where studio owners feel overwhelmed because, like I said in our little chat on Friday at the um, Sundance conference, you're expected to be an expert in everything. And really mm. what we are experts in originally was teaching dancing. Yes. And and that now that forms such a small, small part. It does. Your business. I know it really and you know what? It's so true. And it's something that I always come back to when I have like an issue or like in you know in air quotes like a drama at the studio. We don't really we don't do dramas in general here, but you know, there's things that pop up that we have to deal with. And I always, you know, sometimes I get it like, oh, you know, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. And I'm like, you know what? Let's just really think about it. it. There's no such thing as a dance emergency. Like there really isn't. Other than someone's yeah. well-being, you know, as long as they're safe, everything else is figure outable. Like we just need to chill and we can sort it out. And it's not doesn't need to be such a thing where I think that everyone's and just in general like takes everything so seriously and wants everything so instantly nowadays and it is as a business owner it can be very overwhelming like I know so many people you know with Facebook messenger like someone will email a message them and be like oh you know interested in classes and if they don't reply within an hour it's like someone literally wrote back to a client of mine the other day okay cool clearly you don't want any business and it was like (gasps) it was like nine o'clock at night and she was really like oh I don't know what to say and I was like look to be honest I wouldn't want that person like I would just kind of steer clear of that anyway there is things that we can put in place like automation and things to try and help that but to me that was such a clear sign of 
the way society is just expecting of things to be instant. And again, you would see in what you do, you know, there is things that we can potentially set up to help with that. So in terms of then of business owners wanting to like systemize and kind of automate, is there things that you recommend them doing first or is like, or do you, the clients that you're dealing with, and I, I know I'm talking from my experience as well, potentially they have nothing in place. And so like, where, where do you recommend they start? Yeah, pe- people don't know where to start. I think that's the the main issue. And, and studio business is so huge now that it kind of is, is almost too big to contemplate. They're like, you know, do I start by just, you know, writing down what I actually do now? I think, um, you know, using tools like I'm a big fan of Trello. Love Trello. <laughs> using tools like that that can kind of allow you to organise your thoughts mm-hmm. and because I think a lot of studio owners, and I'm definitely guilty of this, um, keep things in their head. And, you know, I'm the one that knows how to do that. And don't worry, I, I can do that or it's easier if I do that. Whereas if you start actually just writing things down, even if it's not um, coherent to anyone else but you understand it, then at least you can kind of start seeing your, I don't know, processes or um, ideas or whatever it is, whatever's in your head, if you can lay it out there for yourself to actually see and then that might help you kind of organise your thoughts or think about then, okay, well, you know, the way we organise trial classes, that that could definitely do with some systemization or we need to look at how that happens. So once your thoughts are kind of down on paper or on the computer screen, and Trello is a great way of doing that because you can categorise things and, you know, my Trello board is like a rainbow. It's like colour-coded and, and all sorts of stuff, but it really helps me kind of, visualize stuff and and I think a lot of studio owners you know we're creative people and so that kind of day-to-day writing down a list sometimes doesn't work for us so seeing it all on the screen there and being able to move things around and and organize your thoughts and kind of see I guess in some cases see what a mess it can be um that's a good place to start because then you can look at it and think, okay, you know, yeah, this is working fine, but maybe I need help with X. Yeah. I I agree so much with what you're saying. I think Trello is just amazing, incredible. Love it, love it, love it. And I use it with all my private coaching clients and through my um, group courses as well. And I guess the kind of common thread of what you were saying then is maybe it's sort of like amongst that there's just there's no correct way to start the point is just to start and I think it can seem so huge and I totally understand why but if you're listening to this and you're this take this as your sign to just start tomorrow open up a board and start writing what you do down and then categorize it and you can always come back to it and start to make it look neat and tidy it doesn't have to be neat but that's all what I recommend my clients do. Just write down the weeks of the term and then what they end up doing and what they want to do. And then that will sort of create the framework for your um, systems moving forward. Yeah. And, and then it's, it's always like, you know, we're kind of lucky in that sense because our year follows the same structure every year. <laughs> It's rinse and repeat. It does. We do the same thing. Yeah, we do the same thing. That's what I keep saying. Like we always add little bits of new things and exciting things and that's all well and good. Yeah, you might not have those, 
But we do the same thing every year. It's start, it's new terms, it's exams, it's mid-year showcases, it's end-of-year concerts, it's competitions. Mm -hmm. It's very, like, yes, it might not seem, but it's very repetitive. Like, it's very cyclical every single year. Yeah, and if you can, if you like you were saying, if you start tomorrow and think, okay, you know, it's the start of the year, start mm. writing down everything. And yes, you might think, oh my god, a year is such a long time. But then this time next year, you're going to be like, okay, I got this. Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly what's coming up, and I know when. I think the thing is with studio owners, because we've got so much going on, oh, yeah. like you said, exams. Like you think, <gasps> all yeah. of a sudden, you're like, oh my god, I should have ordered the ballet costumes two weeks ago and I completely forgot about them Mm. but having that system in place you can think start kind of planning which you know is another thing that people put on the back burner because they don't have time for it because they're so caught up in the day-to-day which makes sense you don't have time and so yeah but that's again a priority and as well I guess coming from um, a coaching perspective like I working with a couple of private coaching clients at the moment and um you know, I have a couple of clients who've just bought new studios and are really starting from scratch. And it's been super interesting to me to see um, how they really had to start as if they had just started their own business because the the sort of the main information that they got was a client list. And while that's great, when you sell a business, I think it's really imperative to be able to kind of and makes your business so much more valuable valuable to be able to hand over. This is how we do everything here at X. And as well, then I look at situations like, you know, I went on maternity leave. I was away, you know, I didn't come to work for four months. I, I popped in and checked in, but mm-hmm. I didn't have to because everything was planned out. And like, I have friends who've unfortunately become ill suddenly or had death in the family and they needed to take time to recover physically or mentally or whatever it is that it may be and unfortunately if you don't have anything in place or at least don't have anyone trained there's you don't have that flexibility because there's nothing to fall back on so I think it's also another priority exactly and the perspective always comes from the outside doesn't it my husband doesn't have anything to do with the studio industry and a few years ago said to me you know let's we want to plan a weekend away and and I kept saying to him I can't I can't be away from the studio I can't be away from the studio he's like but why you, mm. you, you know you're the business owner mm. you, you're allowed to take a holiday yeah and it was because I didn't like it was all in my head mm. no one else knew how to do what I did so that kind of was a bit of a wake-up call to me because I thought yeah I'm not working this hard to then not be able to go away for a weekend once a year Mm. (laughs) like it's that's not too much to ask really no no and yeah I 100% agree and like sometimes it just needs someone whether maybe this conversation reminding you that that's what you know that's the whole purpose of this to, to to have a life that you love you know as I think it's just so joyous and great that in general we all love our businesses and we actually do get joy out of spending time in them and working in them that's amazing and that's such a blessing that I don't think everyone has but I would say most people also have a life outside of their business that they really should be allowed the opportunity to cherish and get to enjoy and if that includes going away with your husband for the weekend when you maybe you know meant to be at work on a Saturday or whatever it is like it's 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 support and it's systems and it's those things that are in place that can help you do that. So I guess, you know, we've had a really 
I guess, robust conversation about some of the issues that we see in the industry and maybe just the things that we see studio owners crying out for, for help. Um, so I guess that's a really great segue into, again, sharing a little bit more about what you do. We've talked about it at the start. What is, do you recommend, you know, if people are interested in finding more about what you do, is there a best way to contact you? What, what's the next step? So um, we, we start off every kind of client relationship, I guess, with a, a free 30-minute Zoom call So where I get to find out about um, even if you don't know what you need help with, you know, that, that could be an idea because some people are like, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know how, how I could use a VA. Well, book the 30-minute call. Let's chat about your studio. Let's chat about where you're spending time. Let's chat about what you like doing mm. and let's chat about what you don't like doing Yeah, um, because you don't have to do all of it. And then um, what happens is then we work out kind of how, how dance studio assist, how we can help you. So it could be as easy as, you know, um, doing a little bit of research on your behalf. You know, you might be looking for a new venue for the concert this year and you just think, oh, I just don't have the mental space to be calling up behind the best date or the best price. So it could be something as simple as that or it could be like um, like social media or it could be thinking about rejigging. And I know it's the start of the year at the moment, but people rejig their timetables and, you know, they might have had feedback that the 12 and under group don't like having to come for three nights a week and is there any way we can condense the classes so things as broad as just general VA tasks like research data entry you know dipping in and out on an alley rate to more kind of substantial I guess projects that that have a studio bent which is where I'm lucky because you know I don't know any other life except a studio (laughs) absolutely and I think like you said if People aren't sure, but they maybe this conversation spoke to them in the way and they feel like a pull or like a, yeah, like that's, I know I need that, but I'm just not sure what the next step is. You have a free call if, you, you know, you're not going to yell at them at the end if they decide it's not right for them. So not? No. <laughs> yeah, no, so just, a chat think, to see. Yeah, and, and give people some clarity. We also have a um, something that we call the power hour, which is you book in an hour of our time and um, and it's basically for studio owners to do that, to get clarity, to just bounce ideas off someone else because I think it's getting better now in our industry but for a long time there wasn't a lot of kind of community between studio owners um, and I think probably in some areas it, it's not great still but it's really hard to kind of, I feel like it can be really lonely being a studio owner because you're surrounded by your students all the time, obviously, your families, uh, your teachers, but speaking to someone who really gets what it's like mm. and and all the different considerations that you have because I think even, you know, your most senior teachers probably don't really understand <laughs> what what it means to be a studio owner and all that involves. So even if it's just kind of booking in an hour with us just to bounce some ideas around and say, you know, what do you think about this and is there a better way to do this, um, just getting clarity and sometimes it's even just hearing the sound of your own voice, you know, saying it out loud and then it mm. all becomes clear in your head. Yeah, definitely. And I think like you said, some people are really blessed to have 
community or, you know, they might even have like a, a biz bestie that they can talk to. And I, I have that blessing, but not everyone does. And so if you don't have a coach, being able to kind of lean on something like an power hour um, is a really great resource. If you're like, you know, there's an idea brewing in your head, you're not sure what to go, what the next step is, and you just need to bounce some ideas off. Obviously it'd be great if you had a family member or something that you could, but if it's not someone who just gets it and I feel like we do have such a niche industry Mm. that sometimes people just don't get it. So I think that that's (laughs) what you offer is so, so incredible. So Chelsea, thank you so much for joining us today. I know that I really enjoyed this conversation so much i know that our listeners will too uh i another little plug if you want to hear more from chelsea and uh, amazing guest speakers we're still selling uh digital recordings to the sundance convention you can check them out on our website or in the show notes but chelsea if people want to find you for the power hour or for your va work how do they go about finding you so our website is pretty easy. It's dsassist.com.au and on social we're at Dance Studio Assist. So all the details of how to book in discovery calls, power hours, just even look at what we can do for you, that's all on those channels. Thank you so much for joining us today, Chelsea, and I look forward to connecting with you in the future. Thanks so much, Claire. Thank you for listening to the Assemble Dance Studio Coaching Podcast with your host, me, Claire O'Shea. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it on your stories on Instagram and tag the show or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Assemble Dance Studio Coaching. Tune in next week for another episode all about helping you grow your dance studio simply and successfully so you can reach more students, grow your business and become the go-to dance studio in your area. See you then.